Welcome. Thanks for joining us today. I want to say a happy new year. Hope your celebration was safe. We also hope that your time of celebration of Christmas was uh, delightful too with your family and friends. And we are in the first Sunday of the new year, and this is still a season of what we call Christmas Tide. It's the season between Christmas and Epiphany, which we will celebrate on Wednesday, January 6th. And it's that day when the Magi came to visit uh, the Christ child in the manger. A couple of things we want to share with you this week. Uh, on Tuesday night, we'll be gathering here at six o'clock to uh, have a taking down of the greens as we enter into the next season of uh, what they call ordinary time. And we want to get the Christmas decorations put away and we'll have some pizza and a light dinner and would invite you if you're in town to come join us. It shouldn't only take a little bit of time together and we can celebrate the new year together too. Uh, we also want to just make you aware of two amazing individuals that have called Linden Road home. They're passing, they're being transferred to glory, as I like to say, uh, this past week. The first is Carl Fowler. He's the husband of Carolyn Fowler, who is our church secretary. And then also Bill Crane, a longtime member here at Linden Road. And both these men, we just want to give honor to their families and their lives have been well lived and these men were good-hearted and they were kingdom builders and we're sorry for this season and our sympathies go to the family but we also know having come through this season of uh, christmas uh, the hope that comes in knowing who jesus is we're grateful that this life isn't the only one that they'll know and so there is a future hope this has been a long year a year of uncertainty struggle, pain. We've watched a virus take countless lives. People we knew, people we loved. Jobs have been lost. Businesses have shut down. And churches have been forced to close their doors. We've witnessed division on an unprecedented level. Cities filled with violence, streets filled with protesters, and we felt the sting of racism, the deep heartache of hate. There have been times where it's been difficult to see the hand of God. But even in the darkest of moments, He has been there, faithful, present, powerful. As a new year begins, we stand on a simple truth. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They'll soar on wings as eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not grow faint. We don't know what this new year will hold, but we know that it's held by a God whose mercies are new every morning. This is where we place our trust. This is the truth on which we stand. This is our hope for the new year. As we come to this new year, uh, typically on this Sunday, many pastors lead through uh, a message centered around 
uh, how to set goals and you know maybe the what is your one word for the year and in fact I would point you to our archives for the messages I've delivered over the last number of years where you might find uh, reinforcement to those ideas but this year just because of all that we've been through I want to lean into just a new year but the same gospel how that in the midst of a new year with lots of transition in all of our lives that uh, the, the gospel that comes to us through Jesus Christ, having just celebrated his coming to earth, God with us, Emmanuel, of being reminded that the gospel has an impact that's depending upon us to carry out to the world. And so today as we gather, if you think back over this last year, I'm wondering first, are you excited about the new year? And then maybe at the same time, I'm wondering if you're just glad that this last year, 2021, is gone and we're into a new understanding. If you would, as you think back over this past year, what, what's changed in your world? Uh, and specifically, maybe what's changed in your life? And if you'd be willing to put in the chat here and share with us, do you like change or is there a fear that comes with change? And I'm wondering off in this line where you would find yourself. Are you in the middle, one to one side or the other? Uh, just think about that for a moment. And then too, what are you most excited about for this new year of 2022 to arrive? I'm not sure how last year was for you, but my guess is that for some of us, it was really good. Uh, maybe everything went well and that life was just tracking the way it should. Uh, and maybe it's fair to say that it was one of your best years ever. While you may be excited about this new year, uh, your only concern is that it might be hard to top last year. At least that may be true for somebody. If that's you, well, we're happy for you. But I know that's not where all of us find ourselves. And some of us are probably going to say that last year uh, wasn't the best year ever. Uh, for some of us, the last year was probably the hardest year we had been through. Actually, hard may be an understatement because it maybe could have been your worst year. But regardless of how this past year was for you, and whether it was really good on one side or really bad or somewhere in the middle, I think we can all agree that a lot has changed in the last 365 days. It's interesting to jump on Google and just see what were the most searched for terms in 2021. And these really aren't surprising, I think. One of the greatest was the themes of reflection and healing and how to pull it all together. Also, there were global searches, not just here in the United States, but around the world, just looking at the issue of mental health, uh, just because of the issues that we have all pushed through. Another common search was how to cure burnout. It was the, actually the number one search in the U.S., which means that it increased at least something like 5,000% compared to the same year prior. And partly just because of how we've had to learn all sorts of new things. There were many queries related around mental health uh, at record levels. And then how about the names, the people that we've heard their names uh, bandied about, guys like Kyle Rittenhouse or Tiger Woods or Alec Baldwin or Travis Scott or Simone Biles. It's kind of interesting, the questions about how to help others. Uh, the number one was how to help Afghan refugees, or number two was how to help Texas, or number three was how to help India deal with COVID. Number four was how to help a toddler with a cough. And then there was the whole section on how to be, like how to be eligible for a stimulus check, or how to be more attractive, or how to be happy when you're alone, or how to be a cool boyfriend. And then finally, you know, Google through our, our devices gives us access to this thing called Near Me. And so the number one question that was asked about what was near me was the COVID vaccine. 
And the second one was the COVID testing. And then finally, and we're back into this season, right, uh, movies near me. And then there was the fun memes that we had seen about Bernie Sanders or the hamster. And we haven't even touched on the idea of technology or what's happened in education or what's happened in the life of churches or the sports world. There's just all sorts of things there that you could spend some time looking at. But depending on your personality and your temperament, some of you may love hearing about all these changes because you thrive on change, or maybe you've grown bored with just how things are and you're ready for something new, a new challenge or a new adventure. And there's some of us, uh, this may completely stress you out. You may feel overwhelmed or you may even be fearful as we move into 2022. So what I want to say to you is whether you love change or you hate it, whether you thrive on it or are fearful of it, I want to make one thing really clear right now. In a world where there is so much that is changing and it's changing at an exponential rate, I want you to know that the gospel, the good news, hasn't changed. And that's really where we're going to sit here for a little bit this morning. This, this, that's the big idea about the gospel. So as we j jump into 2022, this is day two already, I can guarantee you that there's going to be many more things that are going to change. It's just the way that life is. Some of this will be good, and some of it won't be exactly as good as we want, and some of it may be just downright awful. But amid all the change and all the craziness that's going on in our world, we need to have confidence that the gospel remains the same. And so as we begin this new year, it's important that we begin to wrap our minds around this incredible truth that the gospel hasn't changed. Now, I'm not sure what all comes to mind when you hear the word gospel. I'm guessing that for some of you, maybe if you grew up in the church, it's probably a word that you know, uh, and maybe it, for you it's also hard to explain because it's one of those church words. For others, it may be uh, pretty quick to say the gospel is Christianity 101, or maybe for some of you that have grown up in the church, it's the ABCs of your faith. You remember this, A is admit to God, that you're a sinner, B is to believe that Jesus died and rose from the dead, and C is to confess that Jesus is Savior and Lord. Some might even say that this is the entry point into what Christianity is. While there is a sense that all of this is true, I want to say at the same time, it doesn't give the full picture of, because the gospel is way bigger and it's way deeper. So instead of Christianity 101, or the ABCs of our faith, I, I want to actually say that the gospel is A to Z of our faith. It's uh, comprehensive. As we start this new year, I want to challenge us, you and me both, to re-look at this incredible, unchanging, beautiful narrative that we call the gospel. And I want us to see it not as some abstract theory or some big theological concept, but I want you to see for what it really is. As we begin to un understand and to live out the truth of the gospel, I believe it will literally change our lives. It'll change our hearts. It's going to change our minds. It's going to even change our relationships. So today I want to spend a few moments unpacking what the gospel is and what it's not, and then to talk about what we should do with it as we begin this new year. We're going to take a look at a book in the New Testament called Galatians. Just like there's a lot of confusion about what the gospel is in our world today, there was a lot of the same kind of confusion back when Paul was writing this letter uh, to the early Christians. Paul wrote this letter, and it's called uh, Galatians, and he wrote it to a group of Christians who were part of a, a group of churches in a place in, in Asia that was called Galatia. And he wrote this letter to basically clarify what the gospel is 
and what it's not and why it matters. Paul says here, beginning in verse 1, Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead, and of all the brothers who were with me to the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. So as we start this letter, at the very beginning, Paul tells us about the gospel. The word gospel, if you would look it up in the original Greek, means good news. Now, think about the last time you got some really good news. Maybe it was uh, you made a, the team, or maybe you got a job, or maybe you passed a big test, or maybe you got a really cool gift on, on Christmas. You probably celebrated this news, and it may have changed your life at some level for a moment, but as great as your good news might have been, the gospel is infinitely better. The gospel is the best news ever because it proclaims that the God of the universe who is holy and perfect not only created you, but he also loves you. Even though we may have messed things up by sinning against God, he hasn't written us off or given up on us. That's what Christmas was all about. Instead of being done with us, he made a way for us to be right with him. Paul says here in verse 4, he actually gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age. Through Jesus, we can be forgiven of our sin and spend eternity with God, and that begins right now. That's the big picture of the gospel, but I want to break it down just a little bit further. One of the ways we've learned how to share the gospel in looking at this word gospel is through the acronym God, Our Sins, Pain, Everyone, Life. You can find more information at lifeinsixwords.com. There's also an app that goes along with it that allows you to study it more. It allows you to offer opportunities for conversation with family and friends. And it helps walk you through it because I know when it comes to sharing our faith, sometimes that can be very awkward and we're not sure where to go with it. And then this powerful video that we've used uh, to help us understand the power of the gospel. It's the full story of life crushed into four minutes. The entirety of humanity in the palm of your hand crushed into one sentence. Listen, it's intense, right? God, our sins, paying everyone life. The greatest story ever told that's hardly ever told, God. Yes, God, the maker and giver of life. And by life, I mean any and all manner and substance, seen and unseen, what can and can be touched, thoughts, image, emotions, love, atoms, and oceans, God. All of it is handiwork, one of which is masterpiece, made so uniquely that angels look curiously. The one thing in creation that was made with his imagery, the concept so cold, it's the reason I stay bold, how God breathed in a man and he became a living soul. Formed with the intent of being infinitely, intimately fond, creator and creation held an eternal bond. And it was placed in perfect paradise till something went wrong and species got deceived and started lusting for his job and odd list of complaints as if the system ain't working and used that same breath he graciously gave us to curse him. And that sin seed spread through our soul's genome. And by nature of your nature, your species, you participated in the mutiny hour. Yes, 
our sins. It's nature inherited, black in the human heart. It was over before it started. Deceived from day one and led away by our own lust. There's not a religion in the world that doesn't agree that something's wrong with us. The question is, what is it? And how do we fix it? Are we eternally separated from a God that may or may not have existed? But that's another subject. Let's keep grinding besides trying to prove God is like defending a lion, homie. It don't need your help. Just unlock the cage. Let's move on on how our debt can be paid. Short and sweet. The problem is sin. Yes, sin. It's a cancer an asthma, choking out our life force, forcing separation from a perfect and holy God. And the only way to get back is to get back to perfection, but silly us, trying to pass the course of life without referring to a syllabus. This is us, keep up your good deeds, chant, pray, meditate. But all of that, of course, is spraying cologne on a corpse. Or you could choose to ignore it as if something don't stink. It's like stepping in dog poop and refusing to wipe your shoe, but all of that ends with how good is good enough. Take your silly list of good deeds and line them up against perfection. Good luck. That's life past your pay grade. The cost of your soul, you ain't got a big enough piggy bank, but you could give it a shot. But I suggest you throw away the list because even your good acts are an extension of your selfishness. But here's where it gets interesting. I hope you're closely listening. Please don't get it twisted. It's what makes our faith unique. Here's what God says is part A of the gospel. You can't fix yourself. Quit trying. It's impossible. Sin brings death. Give God his breath back, you owe him. Eternally separated, and the only way to fix it is someone die in your place, and that someone gotta be perfect, or the payment ain't permanent. So if and when you find a perfect person, get him or her to willingly trade their perfection for your sin and death in. Clearly, since the only one that can meet God's criteria is God, God sent himself as Jesus to pay the cost for us. His righteousness. His death functions as payment. Yes, payment. Wrote a check with his life, but at the resurrection we all cheered because that means the check cleared. Pierced feet, pierced hands, blood-stained son of man, fullness, forgiveness, free passage into the promised land. That same breath that God breathed into us, God gave up to redeem us. And anyone and everyone, and by everyone, I mean everyone, who puts their faith and trust in Him, and Him alone can stand in full confidence of God's forgiveness. And here's what the promise is, that you are guaranteed full access to return to perfect unity by simply believing in Christ and Christ alone. You are receiving life. Yes, life. This is the gospel. God, our sins, paying everyone life. I'd encourage you to download the app and take a look at how else you can use this to share the hope that comes in knowing who Jesus is. I want to offer that if there's never been a time uh, where you've chosen to turn from your sin and to put your trust in Jesus Christ, I want you to know that you can do that today and you can do that just simply by praying a prayer. And there's a 
there's a prayer request link right here below the video. For many of us, we've already made a decision to put our faith in Christ, and we're growing in our relationship with God. And if that's you, I want you to know that we celebrate this with you. But I also want you to know that we all still need the gospel. It's something that is ever-growing in our life, evergreen, as they like to say. The gospel is more than a one-time prayer that we pray to be forgiven for our sins and go to heaven when we die. It's a whole new way of how we relate to God and how we relate to other people and, and the world and those around us. And it's how we look at Jesus and we trust him and we walk with him day by day. While I know some of us have asked Jesus to forgive us of our sins, we're not bringing him into the present reality of our daily lives. All we have to do is look in our culture and see that. Instead of looking to Jesus for how to live our lives now, we may be looking more to ourselves to navigate life on our own apart from God, especially in the season as people are still struggling to come back to church. It may be that we just hope that we're, if we're just good enough as Christians, and if we work really hard at becoming religious enough, that maybe God will accept us and give us peace and satisfaction. If we think this way, the reality is that it's just one version of what the Bible calls a false gospel. So the Apostle Paul talks about this in this next part of his letter to the church at Galatia. Paul says, beginning in verse 6, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. You see, this is a pretty big deal for Paul. Paul is basically saying that there is no other gospel. There is no other gospel because Jesus is enough. He's enough not only to cover your past sins and your future eternity, but also where you're living your life currently in the present time. What that means is that we don't have to need to keep trying to earn God's favors if we're on a never-ending treadmill of doing good works. Instead, we just need to look to Jesus and the gospel and remember that we're accepted by God not based on our works or what we bring to the table. We're accepted by God because of what Jesus has done for us, what he's already accomplished for us. That means that even on our worst days, when we've messed it up in a big way, God will never love any of us less. This also means that even on our best days, when we think we've done everything right and that God will never love us more, it's not about our performance. It's about God's grace and mercy. That's the good news of the gospel, not just as a start of Christianity, but actually for the rest of our lives. As Christians, as followers of Jesus, we need to remember that there's no other gospel. Like Paul reminds us in these verses here, 6 and 7, we need to be guarded that we don't buy into a distorted view of what we call the false gospel. There are lots of examples of this, and I just want to maybe point us to three different ones that I think are more, most common in our culture. First is the good works gospel. The good works gospel says, work hard, do good, be religious. It pictures God as a merciless taskmaster who screams, more, more, more. The hope of this gospel is that if we worked hard enough and just do it, then maybe, maybe we'll be good enough for God, and then on one day he'll accept us and he'll allow us to spend eternity with us in heaven. Or there's the happiness gospel. This, this version of the false gospel says that the gospel is all about me and my wants and my needs and my happiness. 
it makes a picture of God as a genie in a bottle whose main goal is in life is to grant me or us our, our wishes and to give us money and stuff, even success. But in this gospel, there's not a place for hardship or suffering, which makes the cross really hard to explain. And then the third is that the ticket to heaven gospel. And basically what happens here is the gospel is reduced to a one-time decision that someone makes, perhaps when you're a child. Then the idea is that once you have your ticket punched for heaven, you don't really need God anymore. You know, after that initial decision, you can live however you want because there really isn't a need for God or the gospel once you have your ticket ready to go to heaven. It's living life much like someone who doesn't believe in God, but maybe is a, what we would call a practical atheist. There are lots of other examples of the false gospel, but these are just three that I see common in our culture today. Remember, there is no other gospel. That's what Paul tells us. You will never graduate from the gospel or go deeper than the gospel. Instead, it's a way we live our life. We need to preach the gospel to ourselves every day. We need to remind ourselves that we don't just need God for one day off in the distant future when we die, but we need him right now in the midst of this crazy season. We need to look to Jesus and the power that comes from the gospel to overcome the sin and the temptation that meets us each day and to fulfill his purpose, God's purpose for our lives. In times when we feel like we're not good enough or like we're not smart enough or we're not spiritual enough, we need to be reminded and we need to remember that in the gospel, Jesus says, I am enough. He is enough to forgive your past sin. He's, he's enough to help you navigate your present struggles. And he's enough to help you secure your future home in eternity. Paul goes on to say this in verse 20 of chapter 2, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So imagine, if you would, what would happen if we really began to live this way, by faith? Imagine what would happen if we allowed Jesus to live his life through us daily. wonder how that would change our lives and the lives of those around us. Well, here's a couple ways how that might play out. When we mess up or sin in some big way against God or another person, instead of making excuses and blaming someone else, we just own up to it. We own up to what we've done. We would remember that this is exactly why Jesus died and that his sacrifice covers even our worst sins. And instead of wallowing around in the shame and the guilt that comes with that, we would confess our sin, thank God for his forgiveness, and then move on towards his grace. How many of us have ever been wronged by another person? I mean, that's part of life, right? Part of just being human. And what's our natural tendency in those moments? It's to strike back, right? To strike back hard and to show no mercy. At least that's the human instinct. While that might be the way of Cobra Kai from The Karate Kid, it's not the way of the gospel. When you look to the gospel, you realize that God forgives us, not because we deserve it, but because of his mercy. So... By the power of the gospel, you choose to forgive others, not because they deserve it, but because God forgave you. The gospel should also impact our motivation for being in community, for connecting here online, for being in the building on Sundays in worship, for reading the Bible together, for serving and giving. When you begin to understand the gospel, you realize that these are not acts we do to earn our way to God or earn our way into heaven. Rather, when we look to the cross, when we do these things, we do them in grateful response to what God is 
and what he's done for us and as a way that we can grow closer to him. That's what it means to preach the gospel to yourself and to allow him to live his life through you. So I hope this gives you a better understanding of what the gospel really is, what it's not, and why it matters. And as we think about this, I want to give you three things to ponder in the day ahead uh, when it comes to the gospel, about maybe some action steps that you can take. And they all begin with S. The first one is study the gospel. There are lots of ways to study the gospel. One of the best ways is to simply read the gospel. The first four books in the New Testament, which are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are all accounts of Jesus' life. And they are called the Gospels. Start reading one of the Gospels or even listen to it through the Bible app. There's a link to YouVersion right here in the worship notes. Take some notes on it. You can use your phone, you can use your device, or you can just write it out in a journal. Write down some questions and even go through it with a friend. Reach out to us through the Bible app or email hello at lindenroad.church and we'll be happy to begin a conversation with you. So begin by reading and begin by reading one of the Gospels. But there's also other good books that can help you understand the Gospel better. The second point is savor the Gospel. Beyond studying the Gospel, you need to savor it, to enjoy it, to chew on it, if you will. Do you like steak? Do you have a dog? I know if I give my daughter's dog when she visits a piece of meat or any kind of food, she never takes a moment to savor it. It's gone. Like, here you go and snap and it's gone. It takes less than a second. There's no time for the dog to savor it and to enjoy it. They, she just swallows it. It's kind of crazy. I want to encourage you to savor the gospel, to explore the depths of the gospel as you apply the truth of the gospel to every aspect of your life. Number three, the third S here, is share the gospel. Because you see, the gospel was never intended just for you and I. It was never intended to stay within the walls of a church. The gospel is meant to be shared. It's meant to be taken to the ends of the earth, we're told. And the cool thing is we all get to have a part in that. And the truth is, too, we ought to be sharing this gospel with our family and our friends and our neighbors and with anyone we encounter. Who do you know that needs to hear the gospel? And then are you willing to share it with them? I know some of you may feel overwhelmed about the pace of change in our world or maybe even in your own life. And especially as you think about this new year, 2022, that's here. In a world where so much is changing, I want you to remember that this truth, the hope of the gospel, hasn't changed one word. It may be a new year, but it's the same gospel. And that's the same good news that we all can share in today. There's only one true gospel, and it's for both believers and non-believers. I wanna challenge you to, to study and to savor and to share this gospel. Let's pray. God, as we begin this new year, we just consecrate it to you together. And we pray that these words that come to us in the truth of the gospel, the hope that comes through Jesus, we pray that we can live those out individually and that we can share them with the world that's around us. Thank you for loving us. And, and we ask your Holy Spirit to guide us now as we lean into learning how to love others like you've loved us. And we pray it through your strong name, Jesus. Amen.